Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly, mostly weekly, uh, nostalgia dive back into the 90s of that uh, wonderful show known as Boy Meets World. I am one of your dads, Tyler. And I'm your other dad, Brett. Yes. Welcome uh, back to the show. Uh, feels like it's been forever for me, <laughs> though it's just been a week. <laughs> yes. Well, you've had a busy, uh, busy couple of, uh, well, busy week, really. I was going to say a couple of days, but you've had a busy yeah, week. Yeah, I, I, I had a real busy week. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, so we just added our third child into the family, um, which is like, super exciting and wonderful <laughs> and exhausting and horrible and all those things. <laughs> um, you know, understanding more and more of Alan Matthews uh, with having another one in the house. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, uh, it's good. Baby's healthy. Mommy's healthy. That's all that counts. Um, in the hospital for, you know, about average of what we should be. It's just it felt like it took forever. Um, you know, baby had to spend a little bit of time away from mom, which upset mom. But, you know, she's a rock star and I'm very blessed, very thankful for her and, you know, just happy that this boy's here. Big brother got to meet him and, you know, he's pretty darn happy, too. Uh, and then I had a birthday. So literally it was one of the first times it's like, yep, it's just another day. <laughs> <laughs> so you have your Eric and your Corey. Yeah, officially. <laughs> <laughs> So what's new with you, Brett? Anything new and exciting? Ah, uh, well, the cleanup from the flood continues. We're about ready to have someone come in and tear all the carpeting out. And uh, so that's been consuming a lot. Uh, celebrated our 18th anniversary over the weekend. Oh, very nice. So our marriage is old enough to vote and to drink in Canada. And buy lottery to tickets. sign, yes, uh, buy lottery tickets to sign contracts, to be sued, and to be tried as an adult in crimes in court. <laughs> so I got a, a little uh, impromptu weekend away with with the wife, and uh, yeah, just had a nice little weekend, and uh, it's been been a lot of. Uh, yeah, just reflecting on 18 years of marriage and three kids, and it, uh, you know, just not that it goes by fast, but it goes by fast. <laughs> mm hmm mm hmm Yeah, you two are now officially married uh, longer than uh, I was old as I met you. That's right. <laughs> That's a confusing way of saying that. Uh, yes, it is. I met you when I was a teenager. <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, I will tell you, uh, between uh, my mother-in-law, my mother, and Kelly, your wife, I got constant texts of, you feel free to send me more pictures. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, it's Kelly it's is, like she's really invested. Oh, just a bit, yeah. Kelly is mm -hmm. at that stage where she wants to hold all the babies so she can have baby time. But then be able to give them back because she wants babies, but doesn't want more babies. <laughs> yes, our conversation after he was born was <laughs> not surprising, but a little surprising. I've heard being like, yeah, I'm really fighting the urge to drive out to you guys and just, you know, 
hold that baby. <laughs> but I know if I do, that's all I would do. And then people get upset with me. So I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would have missed her a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Well, should we get into the episode, Brett? I think we should. This is uh, one of your favorites, isn't it? Uh, it's... We'll talk about it. <laughs> well, we're going to get into episode 19 of the first season. We're winding down. Just a few left. Yeah. Kid Gloves. And uh, this is where Alan gives Corey a gift for his birthday. A necklace with silver boxing gloves on them. Without explaining the meaning of them to Corey, he is careless, Corey, with them and loses them. Corey feels terrible after hearing what they meant to Alan. This episode was written by Jeff Minnell, directed by David Trainer, originally aired on March 25th, 1994, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.7. Nice. We uh, get into the episode with being in the classroom. Uh, Mr. Feeney's going over some extracurricular activities that they uh, are being offered by the Philadelphia Board of Education. Um, I'm just... Uh, what they list sounds like they want people to do scuba club. Yeah, I, I, I really wonder, outside of Minkus, who in the sixth grade would have joined some of those other clubs. Because you got vocabulary, debate, scuba... An upholstery squad. Like, I can think back to my days in middle school, and we didn't have a debate team or a debate club in my school. But again, we were in the middle of farm country, so I'm not surprised by that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a debate team or a, a debate club is pretty normal for a lot of schools, as, as I understand it. But upholstery? Mm -hmm. A vocabulary? I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I... And that's the thing is like the things that they're offering make you wonder, is this like a private school? Like, what is the deal? Yeah. And we've we've previously come to the conclusion that this school is not well funded and it's probably one of the lesser uh, the, the lesser gifted schools in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Well, and they also make it clear that they have to go to the YMCA to mm -hmm. do the actual scubaing. Yeah, they're in Philadelphia. Where are they? Where are they ever going to go scubaing outside of the Y? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it screamed to me that they wanted to have a scuba episode, and that's the whole reason that this is happening. Mm -hmm. Because wouldn't it be funny if they? Had to sit in swimsuits, you know, blah, 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 start to no changes. Yeah. I mean, this this could have been very uh, a lot less complicated by just being like, hey, class, it's uh, time for our monthly day at the Y, where it's part of your Philadelphia Board of Education mandated swimming lessons and yeah, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or like just, yeah, uh, it could just be like a. Every single year, one one time a year, the sixth grade class gets to go to the YMCA and take mm -hmm. over the building. You know, like I could believe that as a field trip. That oh, would yes. be a very inexpensive field trip to do. Like yes. when I was in fourth grade, we I mean, we didn't take over the Y, but we had four weeks of we'll call them swim lessons. But I mean, we mm -hmm. grew up in farm country that we all knew how to swim already. So 
Right. It was really just an excuse to go hang out at the Y and swim for four weeks. <laughs> right. Exactly. And uh, it's probably just the thing we keep saying every couple episodes of episode has to plot. Yep. That's that's got to be some. We got to get that on a shirt, too, with who's your pod daddy. Episode's got an episode or plot's got a plot or some <laughs> some variation on that. We've said them both. But just, yeah, it, it feels like they're just having a scenario to have a scenario. Yes. Like, I don't know. For whatever reason, like, Boy Meets World falls into that same pitch that, like, uh, Friends has, where it's, like, the episode where people do blank, you know, the mm -hmm. one with blank, the one with this, you know. This is the one where Corey goes to the pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Friends real quick, I like how the greatest episode is the one with the embryos, and if you don't realize that's the one that, as you're looking for it, because the main plot is about Phoebe and the embryos, and the thing that everyone actually cares about and loves about that is the quiz show. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much not so even a reunion. word! <laughs> yeah, so much so in the, the reunion, they had a whole section up on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they allowed Phoebe to be a part of it. What's up with that? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but Mr. Feeney has a fantastic takedown of Corey when Corey does not get the acronym for scuba. Scuba? Scuba duba? Mr. Matthews, I have obviously failed you on so many levels. I am going to save that and it is going to become somehow a part of so many of our episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, <laughs> did did you know what the acronym for scuba was before you watched this episode the first time? I mean, if I watched it as a kid, no. <laughs> and honest, honest to goodness, gun to my head right now, I could take a guess, but you know, I'm I don't remember it. Well, I'm I might be getting a little bit ahead of us, but it did clip uh, Sean's attempt to. Uh, uh, to give us the acronym. Can anyone tell me what the acronym SCUBA is? Miss Matthews. Duba? <laughs> SCUBA Duba. <laughs> Mr. Matthews, I have obviously failed you on so many levels. <laughs> An acronym is a pronounceable formation made by a combination of letters. I told you. So, now, can anyone tell me what SCUBA stands for? Come on. Someone take a stab at it. Mr. Hunter, you haven't spoken since the fourth grade. S-C-U-B-A. <laughs> what does it stand for? Something's creepy under boat. Andy. Mr. Matthews was closer with Duba. <laughs> I do love Sean's attempt. <laughs> I mean, he uses the letters needed and is talking about boat. So I get it. He does. He includes it. Yep. And for those of you listening at home, yes, we're not complete morons. It is self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like how... Uh, he tries to get Minkus just to say it, and mm -hmm. Minkus goes, no. I don't want to be the one who always knows everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mr. Minkus doesn't know. 
<laughs> I just love how you could tell that just drives him crazy immediately. Oh yeah. <laughs> now we we also get here. Um, well, we're gonna. Well, I'm gonna call him Randy Minkus in this this uh, cold open. And I call Are him Randy, Randy Minkus. Randy, because uh, it's we're, we're trying to keep it family friendly. When he says uh, when he hears Topanga is interested in Scuba Club, and he switches. Uh, I believe he was going for debate. Or maybe mm-hmm. it was one of the other clubs and slap me in a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah. Again, Minkus is just a little too uh a little too aggressive. Oh yes. He he belongs in my date with the president's daughter, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> Should be a smart kid sitting in the corner trying to tell them why they keep slipping past Secret Service. <laughs> my date with the president's daughter. Oh yeah. My date with her. So happening. Hmm. Yeah, so then we get to our favorite uh, credit scene, which, by the way, the fact that we are under five left to go of that is just so wonderful. We only have three more after this episode. Oh, I can't wait. more. I think what what probably bothers me about it at the end of the day is that they use whatever the main title is regardless of how quick or short it is they use that throughout the whole season that kind of help categorize you know the periods and so Mm -hmm. i think that's the thing that bugs me the most about this season is that and that it kind of i don't know it just feels makes the season feel so much more cartoony and probably why i've avoided it for so many years and why i don't i didn't really want to go into the season yeah i enjoyed when it was rerun on uh in syndication and they would just use uh season four's opening credit sequence for the first four seasons and they wouldn't bother with i kind of missed two and three but uh i definitely preferred when they would use season four for season one <laughs> mm-hmm. so we're in the bedroom and uh alan kind of sneaks in and puts a box on uh, Corey's face <laughs> now before we get into the shenanigans of this is that where it can Brett shenanigans? Yes, um, we did. Rem- <laughs> now off mic, completely off mic. I, I sent. Uh, I don't even remember. I was just sitting here. We were trying to figure out last episode that word to use, and I remember just out of the blue, the word I was looking for last episode was shenanigans. And if you ever seen Super Troopers, you'll understand shenanigans. <laughs> so Brett, have you ever given one of your children? A present and just kind of left it on their face and just walked away? I have not. Um, anytime I have given my kids anything of any great value, be it sentimental or, or you know, monetarily, I've made sure they knew what it was, mainly because I wanted them to understand what it meant. I didn't just kind of leave it there for them. So Alan... Yeah, Alan really dropped the ball on this one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like it'd be one thing if Corey, like for years, has talked about these mittens and how cool they are, or the the gloves, how cool they Mm -hmm. are, and how he wants to be like his dad. He maybe he wants to go into the Navy. Exactly. But we get none of that indication, you know. Like from from the way Alan acts, you would think that the the moment that Corey would see it, he'd go, "Oh my gosh!" Like Mm -hmm. Dad gave me his gloves. And both Eric and Corey, neither one of them have a clue. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this is something either one of them's ever seen before. Right. 
And that's that's the whole thing that bugs me about him. Like is like the sentimental things that I hold on to that I'm like, this is, these are special are things I knew about beforehand. And when I got them, I was like, yes, this mm-hmm. is something that I, is important to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, e- even when my my grandmother passed uh, a little over a year ago, you know, the, the things that she passed on. Even my children are aware. You know, she left all of us, uh, all of us grandchildren, not great grandchildren, or because um, that's a lot of great grandchildren. <laughs> but she left all left all five of us grandchildren. Uh, my grandmother loved uh, cardinals. She had a lot of cardinal statues, some big ones, some small ones, and she left all five of us grandchildren a, a larger cardinal statue, and you know, we got to take our pick which one we wanted, and. I mean, my my children know, they know if they were to look around my room and spot it, they'd know that that's from grandma. Mm. And, you know, someday if I pass it on to one of them, they'll know exactly the meaning behind it. Mm. And, you know, I won't really have to explain it, but if I am to someday pass it on, you know, I will take some time to, to be able to share that with them. Well, I mean, like we have some stuff that are sentimental to us that are still kind of in boxes right now. Like the bo- the special boxes for them specifically, just because of the fact we're still kind of in a transitioning period. You know, we still have some stuff we have to finish at the house. And, you know, we also have very tiny people running around. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to be careful. <laughs> so it feels yes. like someone either didn't fully understand how a father would give a gift and the prep time needed so that way they understood the gift immediately if you don't actually explain what it is. Mm-hmm. And so someone in the writer's room or Michael Jacobs dropped the ball somewhere. Yeah. Episode's got an episode. Episode's got an episode. Let's just say that Alan thought that Corey knew and he didn't and shenanigans ensues. Maybe at some point he showed them to Corey and Corey forgot. May, you know, maybe we'll give him a little credit there, but... Hey, Corey, you got a box in your face. <laughs> hey, Corey, you got a box in your face. <laughs> hey, get up, somebody just put a box in your face. <laughs> Corey, don't wake up. There's no box on your face. There is a box on my face. Yes, and Corey immediately is disappointed because it's not a buck knife. Mm-hmm. Because apparently that's what uh, Eric got when he turned uh, 13, showing that he's a man. So Corey's disappointed. Now, I will say, speaking as the second son, everything that my brother got at a certain age, in my head, I always bookmarked it because... That makes sense. They got him for him on this date, so why wouldn't they do that for me as well? Mm-hmm. And I, I very much remember when I was thirteen. Like, I was like, okay, about to turn thirteen. When my brother turned thirteen, my parents got him razors, and they showed him how to. Sh- my dad showed him how to shave, all that stuff, yada yada. And at this point, I already had more stuff around my face. Like, <laughs> it was starting to grow in, you know, and like that didn't happen. Like, it didn't come. I kind of got to a point of like, well, how come I didn't get it? And they're like, dude, you as a kid would get the fake shaving stuff and you would go and shave your face as a little boy. Like, <laughs> we, you don't need us to teach you. Like, just 
go grab dads and just use it. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. But, you know, this momentous a moment, you know, I thought, oh, it's going to happen for me, too. And it wasn't because I didn't need it. <laughs> or they just forgot they did that for my brother. Mm -hmm. You know, three years is a lot longer than what we realized, I think, as kids. So mm -hmm. there kind of gives them the advice of, well, you got to wear them because you don't have a choice now. And dad's got to see you wear them. Yep. You got to like them, even if you don't. They can't play it off as I didn't see it because... It was on your face. <laughs> Which I got to say, if I received jewelry, I wouldn't take it anywhere because I would assume I'm going to lose it. And why would I take it into school? Yeah. And take that risk. So just saying like it felt like. Uh, why would it why would this kid who's been raised this way do that? Yeah. Nothing against any 13 year old boys anywhere. Wink, wink. You know, not that I have any 13-year-old boys living in my house, wink, wink, but I don't know that I would trust any 13-year-old boy with jewelry for, you know, a day. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Corey hasn't exactly shown that he could be trusted to leave home and come back and not have misplaced it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean... The show is also set up that Corey and his dad have a relationship where they talk things mm -hmm. out. So it's one thing if Corey decided to just ignore that right now and just kind of act like he didn't see it and just kind of walk out. Then him to throw it on, have it on all day, and then go. Yep. Episode's got an episode, I guess. So yep. whatever. Yeah, episode's got an episode. And Alan's pretty cocky. He's pretty confident down in the kitchen. Yeah, very Confident, overconfident. <laughs> As a dad, you go, why? I feel like you, you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Corey kind of sprints out the door and he's like, yeah, yeah, I really like him. Like, really? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> so then he leaves and dad's kind of just. Well, that's okay if he didn't like it. You know, it's not like I gave it to him to to get one of those Kodak moments. <laughs> I feel very bad. As you should, Alan. As you should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, again, Amy kind of, I, I can't remember if it's right, right away, but, you know, she kind of says, like, did you explain to him the gift? And he's like, no. No. <laughs> It's like, so why do you expect him to act like this is the greatest gift ever? Mm -hmm. I will say as a dad, sometimes you are thinking too far ahead and not realizing that you forgot step one before you got to oh, yes. two and, and three. <laughs> it's, it's very, very easy to get caught up in that. And it's, you know, and sometimes you just you do have a little different perspective on what might make a great gift for for your 13 year old, too. Oh, exactly. Yeah, so they sprint out of there, and now we get to Scuba Club. Oh, you forgot. What's on my face? Nothing. And what are we going to do about that? I had to get Morgan in there. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that, that baby of the family, I should also get something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can go to school now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we get to school and it looks like they're in the cafeteria. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like they're in the cafeteria because they kind of make 
a statement, something about how they're going to go to the YMCA. But there's a part of me that's like, why wouldn't they have at least two just classroom days and then go to the Y? Like, it, again, it's one of those things where it's like, you're better off to just say you're going to swim to learn better swimming techniques. Mm -hmm. Like, we we want everyone to learn the four types of swimming. I could believe that more than scuba club. Yeah. Because I am scuba boy. But then we wouldn't have that lovely line. It's lived in infamy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm really happy that it only takes another three episodes for that uh, <laughs> that type of joke to go away. And uh, while, uh, while we're... While we're waiting for the scuba instructor to arrive, how is it that even watching on, you know, uh, uh, on my iPad, I can tell that these this necklace is big enough that those aren't mittens. Corey's at this point still a pretty avid sport guy. How does he not tell those are not mittens, but those are boxing gloves. <laughs> Episodes got an episode, man. Yeah. Anyway, just something <laughs> I had to get out there. But Sean's got to get his digs in. And Corey, you are the whitest white boy I have ever seen. The 90s yeah. insults again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, all of us who are on the whiter side... The the inside is much whiter. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I I kind of wish this was around the summertime and they would have had to do that because all of those kids should have the farmer's tan <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. Now I actually I don't know if it's jeans or what, but I actually tanned really well when I was their age. You know, I I don't know if it's just because I spent all summer outside or what, but I always tanned really well, and my youngest mm -hmm. two have definitely. Uh, benefited from that. They inherited that. Oh, I used to spend all day outside. I used to spend so much time outside that they go, seriously, you have to come inside now. It's get, it's bedtime. <laughs> yep. <laughs> get out of the pool. Oh, yeah. And now we get uh, Topanga coming in for a little bit of a lecture there. It's not very evolved to ridicule the human form. Each of our bodies is the master creation of Mother Nature. Well, except for Minkus. <laughs> Created by Mother Goose. Anybody ready for a dip? Yep, and here he comes. Minkus, you look like a stick of juicy fruits. You wearing a wetsuit too, Mother Nature? No. What's the matter? No funny remarks? Uh, you got anything? Nothing. Uh, you got anything? Snap out of it. She's just a girl in a bathing suit. Insult her. No, from now on, I'm going to be insulting you. Oh, uh, yes. The actual transition from girls are just another person to... Huh. Mm -hmm. Insult her. She's just arriving. a girl in a bathing suit. <laughs> no, 
I'm going to insult you. Uh, yes. We'll get to the telegram in a couple episodes, but you know, you have, you have a daughter. So I, I was curious what you thought about this reveal because from my vantage point, I remember this and I was like watching, I was like, Oh gosh, this is going to be really awkward. But I felt that the camera did not linger. It just showed she took it off and kind of took an odd angle to kind of show her not in a sexual way, but just as a state of fact of she's sitting there and the guys don't know how to respond. Yeah. For the message that they were trying to put across, I think they were as innocent as they could be. Right. Um, I mean, they weren't being, the camera was not a, a lecherous voyeur. You know, they didn't do any pans or zooms and, it, you know, it's, uh, it, it got its point across. It was not, at least as a viewer, it was not overly sexualized. I do know that mm-hmm. if you listen to the stories of the actors behind it, it was a bit more awkward for them being involved in it. Oh, <laughs> I guarantee it. That's it was probably would have been a really hard episode. Oh, yeah. Like, you're half naked in front of a full audience. Exactly. Like, and, you know, <laughs> you're, you're right in the midst of puberty. I mean, with that said... You know, in the real world aspects, they probably should not have had any people in that room with them. And it should have just been kids, director, and then like the few people that have to be there just so that way isn't as awkward. Yeah, I think what I might have been most put off by is the fact that there were cat calls from the audience when a 13 year old girl was disrobing. <laughs> yeah, but that felt for... I felt like they were more coming from females of woo girl, take that off, you know? I don't know. I've always... uh, Audiences' reactions are always weird to me (laughs) because I sometimes feel like there are people that went there specifically to respond in a weird way so that way they can Mm -hmm. say, oh, my my voice is on that episode. (laughs) Like, especially, like, as we get along with the show, you know, and like we, we start with a scene of Corey and Topanga making out or Eric making out with a girl or Sean, you know, and just the way that some of the people are responding, you know, makes you go, this feels gross. Yeah. (laughs) Not because of the show. Yeah. That type of stuff. Not because of the show, but because of the people there that are responding that way. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> Back to this episode. Um, they're waiting for the uh, scuba instructor, and in walks <gasps> Mr. Mr. Feeney. Feeney. Of course, Mr. Feeney's a certified dive instructor. <laughs> of course he is. He's a jack of all trade. That's right. Listen, the, the guy's in the CSI. He can do a lot of things. I kind of buy it, though. I, I would definitely buy him as a certified sc- I don't know why, but I can buy him as a scuba instructor. He doesn't have children. Mm-hmm. He is a widower, so he needs to spend his time doing other stuff. And yes, he's in the garden and yes, he likes to fish, but doesn't mean it can't be adventurous. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you get older in your life, you know, you want to experience more things. Why not? He does make one fatal error, though. He lets Sean and Corey pick their own partners. Of course he does. (laughs) Because episode has to episode. (laughs) 
I uh, believe at this point we head back home where Eric's on the phone. Yes. And I don't know if you notice her or not, oh. but <laughs> when I was watching this episode and prep for this uh, for this episode, this is the first time we start to see that curtain hairstyle on Eric. Up to this point, it's just yeah. been kind of the side part, but he's starting to get that, that trademark Eric hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Not in all of his glory just yet, but it'll oh, get no, there. Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just going through the uh, the lines, and all of a sudden I saw the... And I forgot that Feedy, like, goes... Buddy breathing. Yes. That's where they pick the partner. So, yeah, so they go back home. You know, Corey walks in. Hey, what's going on? He goes, hey, you know, like let's let's talk. Oh, I do have their conversation, if you'd like. Yes, please. Uh, Corey, it occurred to me today that I never really explained to you about the gift they gave you this morning. It's okay, Dad. A gift like that doesn't really need explaining. No, well, I explained to Eric about Grandpa's buck knife after I gave it to him. And have I told you lately just how much I love that knife, Dad? <laughs> In the Navy, I was on the boxing team. Really? Yeah, it wasn't half bad either. So you used to get in a ring and duke it out with other guys? Mm-hmm. But what does this have to do with the silver mittens? Well, they're not silver mittens. They're silver gloves. I won them for coming in second place. Is second place that good? I mean, there's only two guys in the ring. Not second place in one boxing match. Second in my weight division in the entire United States Navy. What? Yeah. That's why I'm so proud of those little silver gloves. So who'd you lose to, Dad? Oh, the baddest, meanest, ugliest guy in the Navy. I fought him in the championship fight. Oh, did you hear that, Cor? The championship. Yeah, I heard. Oh, this was a brutal fight. Was there blood? Oh, buckets. Buckets! <laughs> the funny thing is, I thought it was his blood. I thought I had to fight one until the referee held up the other guy's arm. See, my eye was kind of hanging out of its socket, which I should have realized because I was looking at his head and his shoes at the same time. <laughs> Dad, you really must have fought your heart out to win those little silver gloves. Yeah, so I lost a little depth perception. <laughs> but I'll tell you the truth, Cor. As good as it was to win those silver gloves, what was great was hoping that someday I'd have a son to pass them on to. And did you? <laughs> yes, I did, huh? Well, I thought you guys would just like to hear about it, so um, I'll see you at dinner. Eric is such a knob. <laughs> he is. But... Again, it feels like he's giving them information that he should have already given them. Oh, yes. Like, you, you know, I was in the Navy, right? And you knew I was boxing, right? And I was so good. I played second, you know, one year. This this is something that I would have told my sons before they turned 13 and 16. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first time they may get into a fight, you go, hey, you know, I was a... Pretty good boxer. I can give you some lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, got to teach them how to defend themselves. You know, that first scrape on the on the playground, you're going to be at least some basic self defense stuff to block. Mm -hmm. Oh, Alan, you were not blessed with good writers this week. <laughs> no, he really wasn't. And Alan, pretty good boxer to be second in his weight class in the entire Navy. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that they would give him something a little more than just some silver mittens. I know, really. <laughs> I don't know, like a trophy? Yeah, like... really. Well, maybe he sold that for, like, uh, an engagement ring or something. Well, could be. Who knows? 
I don't understand the backstory anymore because eventually we no longer talk about him being in the Navy. They just talk about getting married super young. So, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> exactly. So Corey's pretty upset about this, though, because he's let his dad down and Eric's kind of reminiscing over his uh, buck knife, mm-hmm. which is the first and only time that we ever hear about this buck knife. That's super important to him. I know. You told to wear them sometimes you gotta know when to ignore me now i will say uh, when i started hunting my grandfather had given my brother a knife and and also he gave me a knife whenever we both start hunting so it's the same type as the one that my dad has since you know different generations clearly but you know so that that is special to me of the knife i have it was from my grandfather and i'll always use it and always have it you know for those reasons. So, mm-hmm. again, sentimental because it was a gift, but also useful. Yes. <laughs> but clearly, Eric hasn't looked at, touched this knife in, I don't know, let's say uh, three years. Yeah, I'll say he probably, I mean, he he seems to have worked out that he knows when to bring it out. It's, it's like a ceremonial piece for him. And, you know, it doesn't mean a lot to him, but, you know, it might be nice to pass along someday. Right. But again, though, I'll also say, like, it wasn't like my hunting knife was just like in my dresser drawer, just available for me anytime. Like it was away with the other hunting stuff, you know, and sometimes it was even clear of like, I'm not telling you where I'm putting this because I don't want you to know where I'm putting this. So mm-hmm. you get it for hunting season and that's it. Yeah. But Eric's not exactly a hunter either. <laughs> No, and again, again, this is what surprised me so much. I feel like Alan should be an actual, at least rifle hunter. At a minimum, yeah. he should be. I mean, he's a fisherman. Yeah. How is he not a hunter as well? He's a Navy boxer. Makes no sense. He's a fisherman. How is he not a hunter? Well, especially because you'd think, I would imagine for him, it would be like going out to the woods would be a way to get away from children and mm-hmm. all the chaos and then having time for his kids and so i'd say it's just a missed opportunity and not understanding of what it means to live in pennsylvania and mm-hmm. this type of area yeah Corey decides that he's gonna go get those uh silver gloves because he's mm-hmm. realized that he doesn't have them on him right now mm-hmm. so he wants uh, eric to cover for him and so He's off, and Eric goes to cover for him. Hey, be careful. Not that I care. Uh, Eric tells Mom and Dad that he went over to Sean's house for dinner, and then lo and behold, <laughs> Sean shows up. I, I, have, I have a little bit of this. Let's hear what I got. All right, go ahead. Where's Corey? I honestly don't know where Corey is. Helen, it's after dark. I'm kind of worried. So am I. How is he going to survive in the adult world if he can't come up with a better cover story? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't clip any of Sean and Eric's explanations. It was I uh, yeah, it's just but it's it's funny. It's 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 out there and <laughs> Sean, you're hurting me. Sean is just <laughs> they they try. They try to think on their feet, but it's just so very obviously over the top. They neither one of them knows. Well, they yeah. Eric knows, but neither one of them is really good at this. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I just I do appreciate Alan saying, how is he going to survive in the adult world? We can't come up with a better cover story. <laughs> yeah, Alan's just dismissal of the whole thing. <laughs> it goes right back to eating. <laughs> I can see myself doing that. Uh, so we get a glorified shot of a uh, swimming pool 
which could have taken place in any pool yes, in America. The sequence is fun. I have to wonder about some of the things that are on the bottom of that Y pool, but it's fun. Yeah. A lot more stuff in the bottom of a uh, Y pool than I've personally ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the Barbie. It's not like those things aren't easy to be seen above. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that Barbie having been because of Morgan having been there. But okay, so again, he gets out, quote unquote, Corey gets out of the pool in full scuba gear. And who is there but Mr. Feeney? (laughs) And you're just like, okay, so you're telling me that someone called Feeney because someone was in the scuba stuff and not the security guard. Right. And how did Corey Uh, get in after hours? Yeah, I just. Episode's got an episode, Brett. Episode's got an episode. Kelly worked at the local YMCA for a while. You can't get in after hours. <laughs> Especially not to the yeah. pool. <laughs> but it's the 90s, you know? Yeah. Maybe this is where Janitor Bud was working for a little bit at nighttime. Very possible. <laughs> for uh, those three of you more who don't remember Janitor, Janitor Bud, Bud, keep, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, I will tell you, I've uh, I've needed to have some stuff on at the hospital. So I was playing a little season two uh, just to kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. wet my whistle a little bit. And I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to get into this episode. <laughs> oh, this is a good episode. I just am so excited. I see a character like, oh, I love that character. Yeah. Feeney pulls him out of the pool, tells him how dangerous that was. You never dive alone. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he was not listening in class. <laughs> yes. And then he takes him back. Well, okay, so let's just let's just say this now. He knows these children. Why would he trust them with scuba? Duba? Something creepy like, underboat, Andy. <laughs> it's just it's one of those deals of like like I uh, they're treating these adults like they're not themselves and that they're dumber than who they are. Yeah. And that's not this show. I, I And Manel's not a rookie to the writing team. And granted, it's writing for a sitcom is typically a team, uh, a team effort. But Manel is not. He's not an unknown quantity. He's on staff, I believe, at least in the first season. He's his name has been on several of these, but there are a mm-hmm. lot. There's a lot of acting out of character for for these adults. Yeah. So then, Feeney takes him back home. Thank God you're alive. Oh, now I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> ah, parenting. Yes, I've said things similar. Well, not that verbatim but i have heard things told i've heard those words told to me and mm-hmm. i have said close to those things <laughs> yeah but i do like a clear of like well i wanted to get those gloves back for you and they're like uh, who cares about those mm-hmm. you are who we care about yeah i do like the wrap up there and i did clip that Corey, i don't care about those gloves dad yes you do You know you do. Yes, I care about them. That's why I gave them to you. And when I was young and in the Navy, they were the most important thing in the world to me. But now, I don't care if I lose those silly gloves. I care if I lose you. Huh? You understand that? 
Maybe it's best if I never leave home. Bad things only happen when I leave. Alan, he's grounding himself. Don't let him take that away from us. Sorry, Mom. Go ahead and ground away. Why don't you just go upstairs, dry off, and go to bed? Amy? George? Alan? Thanks for being there tonight, George. Mr. Feeney, you didn't come over to yell at me some more, did you? No, I can wait until we're back in class for that. I just thought that uh, maybe you'd want these. Mr. Feeney, I can't believe this. This is great. Thank you. How did I get here? We'll pretend it never happened. Good night, all. Wait a minute. How come it was okay for you to go diving without a buddy, but not for me? I didn't have to go diving, Einstein. They were in the filter. You see what you give me to work with? There's complications with this whole thing, mostly because episode had an episode to get us to this point. But I do like the fact that both of them together make it clear of you're the thing that we most care about. And those things mean nothing to us compared to you. Mm-hmm. But also, we got them back, so yay. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. Feeney is quick to point out, you didn't have to go diving. You could have put a little critical thinking to play there and, hey, check the filter first. Right. Well, and I will say that I do like this moment for that reason of all you had to do was ask for help, Mm -hmm. and we could have found it for you. Oh, yeah. Wait the next day, I would have told you how to do it, or go to someone and say, hey, I lost something, can you check the filter? Mm-hmm. You know, many, many, many uh, solutions. And you know, this whole situation is Feeney's fault. As the dive instructor, he never told his students to remove jewelry before they got in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> On the same token, though, episode has to episode. Yeah. I'm putting a little too much Alan's logic fault there. He gave, <laughs> it's Alan's fault he gave him a gift that his son didn't realize how important it was to him, so he was reckless with them. It's Corey's fault he didn't ask questions about it and just assumed the worst. It's Feeney's fault because he's the teacher, he's responsible, so it's always his fault. There's blame you know. all around. And you know what? It's Amy's fault because she gave birth to him and clearly <laughs> she messed up somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Sean's actually not in trouble. Ex- well, yeah, Sean's in trouble because he tried to cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sean's only crime is that he didn't realize he was he didn't supposed know he to was, show up. He didn't know he was the cover story. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Uh, Sean almost got out of this one scot-free. <laughs> oh, poor Sean. He never stands a oh, chance. Oh, his one chance of being completely innocent, and it's ruined by Eric. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah which again rare scene between the two of them mm-hmm. so we get to the end and uh we see alan and morgan sitting on the couch and alan hands her a present <laughs> did you win this when you were in the navy <laughs> sure i bought it with my money <laughs> i will say part of the problem is that it's his little princess, so he's going to do whatever it takes to keep him Let happy. Let me buy her, happy. her love while I can still afford it. <laughs> uh-huh. I would argue that 
well, both my wife and I would do this. There's no way around it. We're just bad about that. But normally it's like we wouldn't wrap a gift. It's more like, hey, I was at the store and I thought about you. I got this. Mm-hmm. I've done that lots so. of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, do we want to get to uh, some deep dives? I think we should. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right, let's talk about some clubs real quick because, uh, you know, vocab, debate, upholstery, scuba. Doesn't seem like a real, a real, like, well-rounded club offering. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of pulled, like, some general clubs that could be offered throughout all of different ages and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You got your basics, your key club, your Habitat for Humanity, environmental stuff. You got your chess club, your glee club, your drama club, art club, fun club. You know, when I was in high school, we had a Bible study club that we could do if we wanted to. We actually had a grilling club, which was kind of cool, but it was one of those that spots went quick (laughs) and seniors had first dibs. And so it was all seniors. Of course. It was one of the the two football coaches did a grilling club. It was quite spectacular. I wish I could have done it. So megaphones, megaphones, historical evidence of... Uh, masks with cones to amplify voices back in ancient Greece. But the megaphone first associated was with uh, Thomas Edison. A uh, low whisper could be heard up to a thousand feet away. Oh, and then the electric megaphone came around 1960s. Boxing injuries or fighting injuries. Most common eye injury is known as a blowout. The punch shatters bones on the bottom of the orbital cage eye socket. And so it splinters and uh, interferes with uh, your eye uh, muscles functions and you get like double vision and like your eye will kind of droop a little bit. Not so much of like your whole eyeball really falling out. (laughs) It sounds like something a writer put in there. My wife was helping me do some of the research for this one. And so she did see something about a an MMA fighter that recently had that where his eye socket got broken and his eye was kind of just like drooping down and I hear a lot about crushed orbital sockets in MMA it seems to be a fairly yeah. common injury yeah and so last but not least and this may get a small discussion for us going the Naval Academy as a well decorated boxing community and, and the different military branches in their academies are very competitive with one another. However, in the actual like Navy itself, there is no like team boxing and all that jazz. Like it's like the academies, which if Alan was talking about in the academy, the Naval Academy, I could see that being the case. But the way that they they write it and the way it's, it's talked about is if it was just randomly while he was serving one place, they set up a boxing ring and said, hey, this year we're seeing who's the best Navy fighter in the whole Navy. Mm-hmm. Sure, that could make a cool movie, but for the most part, naval boxing comes from the academy. So there is no silver boxing gloves necklace that's given out to any of them. That's not a thing. It's just something for the show. There is actually a silver boxing championship, though, which I thought was kind of cool, but that's like for minors, not for adults. But would you like to know how much a uh, necklace that are boxing gloves cost, Brett? I would love to know. Anywhere between 30 to $150. Okay, then. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, if Corey waited a few weeks, he could have just replaced them because couldn't have been that much different back then. Yeah, probably <laughs> even a little less back then. Bet on some ponies. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just, it feels like 
the writers needed Corey to have something, so they did the whole Navy thing, which I know that in earlier episodes they mentioned him being in the Navy, but this is the first time they're mentioning that he's also he was a boxer at the time, you know, all those things. So it's just... It's one of those deals where episode has to episode for the sake of episoding because you can get into a whole rabbit hole of, well, why didn't Alan try boxing after the fact? Like if he was good and real good, why didn't he try to fight competitively if he was in such good shape after the Navy? Mm-hmm. Unless he was discharged for medical reasons, but I don't think so. And if also he was in the Navy, why didn't he try to work for the government instead of working as a box boy and all that jazz? So, I don't know. I have more questions when it comes to uh, <laughs> the Matthews background than I do answers. So, Yeah, there's a lot of holes there between him yeah. being discharged and him and Amy having Eric. Yeah, well... But that's also the thing, too, of like if if they got married young because he was going into the military and they wanted to get married before, then I could see that it just the show wants its cake and to eat it, too. And what they don't realize is that you have a whole a whole story. And it is possible that, that he enlisted right out of high school and only did one tour. That's true. Uh, by the time he's done with that, they're still fairly young. Yeah, that's tr- very true. Very true. <clears throat> well, now I got to do some super quick research while we're just chit-chatting away. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really curious how coming out of the Navy, his best options are he winds up running, managing a grocery store. In a, you know, in well enough that he's upper middle class, three kids in a nice neighborhood. Wonder if he uh, had any winning squirreled away as a boxer on the side. Maybe, Maybe he did some some uh, under the table boxing after he got out of the Navy. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. None of it makes a lick of sense to me. I mean, Alan could have been drafted right out of high school, or he could have just enlisted right away. Either way, though, because all he had to do is one tour, which would have been about two years. So I guess technically he he could have been home 20, 21 years old easily. Still gotten married right away. Right. Let's just let's just argument's sake. Let's say he spent a year in the Naval Academy because he enlisted. Okay. And so. They were willing to, you know, do all the things with him. While at the Naval Academy, that's when he won the silver mittens. Uh, I know they're gloves, but that's what Corey calls the whole time. That's what I'm calling him. Uh, And then he spent about two years on deployment, decided he didn't want to do that anymore. And he quit. Uh, Or he just didn't re-enlist. And then he, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe in the time he met Amy, they were sending sweet letters to each other. And then when he got back, he popped the question. They got married real quick. And then that's how they had nothing. Works for me. So maybe Alan worked as a grocery boy. And then he ended up. Worked his way up the ladder. He would do fights on the side to make a little extra money here and there. Yeah. He worked as enforcer for the Philadelphia mob. Maybe. (laughs) 
I mean, he could have been a bouncer at nighttime. Okay, let's let's just let's just go crazy for <laughs> since we're here. Let's just say that uh, in high school he worked as a grocery boy like his like Eric did. Mm-hmm. Thus, when he returned, he had experience, and the manager who was still there really liked him, so he gave him a good job and paid him a little extra. But he's got a little edge to him since he was in the Navy. So what does he do? He goes to the baddest club in the whole city and he brings justice there. Roadhouse style. (laughs) He's not the biggest guy in that room, but he's the most dangerous. I think by the time we get to, I believe the episode is called, I ain't going to spray lettuce no more. We'll learn a little bit more about uh, his own uh, coming up. Mm -hmm. But uh, that works for me for now. Yeah. Tyler, what lesson did you learn? (laughs) So what I learned this week is that if I'm going to give a sentimental gift, I'm going to explain it right away. And it's either they know about it way ahead of time. And when they see it, it's immediate. Or I just go and get it and I show it to them and make it clear immediately that it's important to me. Mm Um, you know, and every time I receive something super sentimental that when it was a gift, you know, it was either explained to me immediately or just when I was handed it, I knew exactly what it was. So just mostly it's reinforced, do the thing I knew I needed to do anyway. Yeah, that's pretty much in line with what my lesson is. Context matters, especially in explaining mm-hmm. to your son what his rite of passage gift means. Don't expect right. a pubescent boy to understand the weight of your gift if it's not spelled out plainly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. But, you know, I'll, well, I'll also say, too, that I think it needs to be needs to be said again that of, you know, the sentimental gift is one thing, but making it clear of you are the reason why this gift is sentimental. It's because I'm giving it to you. I'm passing along to you. It's important because I want you to have this. Right. The thing itself means nothing unless you have it. You got it. So I think that's just, I think we need to reinforce that so that we we have a little more positivity at the end. Yes, exactly. I think we need that. <laughs> so Brett, uh, what grade would you give this uh, episode? Uh, this one's sitting at a C minus for me. There's some fun parts to it, but there's too much episode got episode for me. It's narrowly avoiding yeah. a D. Yeah, I'm I'm right there. And there's a part of me that wants to give it a D plus just to say, hey, you you can do better. But the way this episode wraps up. Yeah, that's the only thing that salvages it. Yeah, it, uh, and that's exactly what it is. Um so I would say that it's a D, it's a D minus, it's a C uh, minus as well. Yeah. So uh, I will say that we need to probably put down at some point all of our grades to see uh, what the final grade is for this season. Oh, I'm working on it. Oh, good. I'm working on a whole grading sheet. Nice. <laughs> I figured our, our end of the season would be our uh, report card episode. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anywho, uh, Brett, I believe I uh, owe you a dad joke. You do. Well, I'm going to disappoint you just a smidgen. Because I don't have a dad joke. I have a dad story. Okay. Hit me. So, 
we have to go and, and do uh, a our first a first check for our son day after the hospital because we left a little early. Not important. Mostly, it's just to say we weren't home. Mm-hmm. So we were. It was around lunchtime. So we're like, well, let's just go to DQ real quick. Let's just get something. And so we go through the drive-through, and they say, hey, can you pull forward as we wait for the thing? Blah blah blah. So we're like, okay, sure. So I'm like, oh, I'll be nice, and I'll start to get like our straws and whatnot since I'm just sitting here, and I'm not thinking anything of it. And I have my wife's straw in my mouth as I'm trying to get ready, and for whatever reason. I don't know what I was growling for. All of a sudden, I took my arm and just hit the straw, and it shoved itself back into the back of my throat. (laughs) And I could just feel like it, like, scraped it and everything, but also I could feel an an immediate bruise because that's all super soft right there. And she's looking at me like, what did you do? And I'm like, I just hit the back of my mouth. (laughs) And then, of course, I haven't eaten anything at all in the day because you know just getting back on the hospital stressed out so i forgot to eat in the morning so i'm trying to eat stuff and it's so painful and i'm just like of course of course this is what happened of course this is what happened because i'm a dad trying to help out and clearly <laughs> i'm not supposed to <laughs> So, yeah, and I I will say if I wasn't sitting in the driver's seat, I wouldn't have moved my arm the way I did. And I I don't even I don't even know what happened. I don't know what happened. All I know is it went from straw being normal to straw in the back of my mouth. And that's my dad's story. And I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, yeah, it's just. It's those little injuries that we get because we warn everybody else about not getting injured. And then we yes. get injured in the way that we've warned many, many times. Do as to. I say, not as I do. Here's an example just for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, well, Tyler, it's been a blast talking about the silver mittens that are the kid gloves. Has it though? <laughs> <laughs> of course it has been. Where can well, uh, it's been enjoyable talk, talking <laughs> to you? I will tell you that. Yes. Where can people talk to us if they want to? Oh well, you know, Brett, we're we're all over the place, man. We're on all the social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, if that's still a thing, and Instagram. And hey, yeah. we got an email still, and I'm still waiting on someone to send us an email saying, "Hey, I got a question." It is still a thing. So Twitter's, send them to us. Twitter's still a thing. We uh, just picked up a brand new follower this afternoon, actually. Ooh, who's and, that? Uh, yeah, and you can even uh, pick up some Dad's Meat World swag. Uh, yeah. At dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. Nice. So I'd like some of that swag. Oh, yeah. You need to pick up some of that swag. Get a little, right. uh, little something for the little tykes now. I desperately need to get some swag, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, Britt, it's been a pleasure. Same here. See you later, good looking. See you, good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.
I'm calling you out. You should email us. Email us now. <sighs> Maybe they're like my wife and only listen to the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting that uh, part out. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. We're in the bedroom with oh, Corey sorry, sleeping. in the bedroom. Sorry, I have my thing up, and I'm like, sometimes they don't give you, like, now we're in this room. It just, like, <laughs> just gives the line, so it confuses me sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've been acting for years, even without being super, super. Hey, I just realized my mic can go up higher. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I kept feeling like I was just kept going down too low, but now it's, like, right up here, and it's even better, so... <laughs> I feel very bad for me. <laughs> the things you know. Anywho, hashtag ow. <laughs> Just wait. Sorry, the cat was trying to get my attention. He stuck his claws right in my leg. Oh.